Welcome to Connection Privy Podcast. I'm thrilled today to welcome my next guest, Fiona Dent. Fiona is CEO of Macversity, the leading creative tech incubator headquartered at Somerset House in central London. She's responsible for Macversity's mission to power the most pioneering creative science and technology startups. Fiona has previously uh, been at the board of director of Timing, uh, the UK number one cross-platform publisher. Uh, she has over 25 years cross-platform media experience, leading iconic brands across multiple sectors from luxury, lifestyle and design to specialist leisure, pursuits, science and technology. Fiona is a digital pioneer working on the launch of NewScientist.com in 1996. She was subsequently associated with helping grow Timing UK online audience from tens of thousands to tens of millions. Fiona played a pivotal role within the board, defining Timing's growth strategy and developing online revenues, e-commerce, membership and events. She pioneered transformation for the company, changing culture, working practices and identifying platform to support new initiative. What a perfect time to welcome Fiona Dent on this podcast. Hello, Fiona. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Clément. Can you hear me well? Everything is fine. I guess so sorry you can't come to my little studio, but everything has, mm. has got to be done via phone, I guess, nowadays. <laughs> All works very well, actually. Good, good, good. So, tell us a bit more. I've um, I've told I've told our listener a little bit more about yourself. Um, how are you coping at the moment? It's really interesting, and I think there's been some very surprising learnings about just how effective digital platforms are to connect people. Mm-hmm. So, um, with my team, I have a, a Google Hangouts call twice a day. Okay. And we probably actually check in and are more connected now than when we were physically <laughs> in our office, running around, going out for meetings. I don't think we would have ever had such a formal check-in point morning and evening. And actually, that's what we now do. Okay. And I think it's providing us the opportunity to collaborate more with the whole team on different projects. It's mm-hmm. provided us with Um, the opportunity to collaborate on ideas um, away from silos. I would say it's broken down silos. And, and I think everyone is very engaged and, and alert. And we have fun as well as, as, well as getting the day job done. So well, that's, that's good to hear, though. <laughs> so, so in terms of connectivity and, and being networked, um, I would say b- with the team, This is working really incredibly well and we're very comfortable with it. Mm. But interestingly enough, we support a community of 100 different creative tech entrepreneurial companies. And every Friday we used to host um, in our bar and cafe, we used to host um, a free breakfast for them. And the idea was you would come and have breakfast, you would meet people um, that you never would usually talk to. And informally you would chat about things that you were up to and very often what would happen is our cafe team would say hey you know there's this person they do this sort of practice in biotechnology you yes. really ought to talk to them because you're working on not non-toxic pigmentation yes so these am- amazing encounters would happen well who knew that you could do that on a zoom breakfast but yeah. actually we <laughs> we It can yeah. so every friday we now host the zoom breakfast and that's so uh, good that's, And I'm, and I'm going to 
it's it's such a good i mean i love the story and, and i think this is all this is what this podcast is all about um can you just remind me and and everyone a little bit more about your your current position your current role so i'm ceo of an amazing incubator called makerversity which serves the creative tech sector so entrepreneurs that are pioneering in their fields that are working across everything from um, sustainable fashion, experimental materials, building a software stack, internet of things, product design, fashion design, mm -hmm. um, creating um, a new use for chitin waste, turning it into a bioplastic, anything that you can imagine that overlaps physical and digital creativity, technology and science is very much where our community meets. So we support 100 incredible pioneering companies in that space in two basement floors out of Somerset House. And, nice. you know, it's really mm. incredible to see this royal palace converted into this innovation factory. Yeah, I bet. Is it completely on lockdown? Is, is everybody, all these companies, are they out of the premises at the moment? Um, funnily enough, no. So we provide some quite unique facilities of, for workshops and prototyping. And we have um, a core group of around 50 members who have bound together to produce PPE for frontline health workers. Oh, so we've converted a big part of our space into um, a factory production of face shields and visors. And right at the heart of our community is sustainability. So whilst this is very important and life-saving, um, the visor shields are made from recycled ocean plastic. We've been prototyping with recycled filament. So sustainability remains um, a core topic, not just saving lives. Yeah, that's such that's such a good message. I didn't even know that. So thank you. Um, and do you, as your your role of managing di uh, director, I guess, are you are you still going there, or do you manage to speak to everyone, as you said, on on Zoom, or do you go once a week? Um, so in my capacity as CEO, I'm talking to all of our member companies on a regular basis. But I'm not doing that physically. We're maintaining okay. social distancing. Um, we've all got very used to communicating on Slack channels, WhatsApp, email, Zoom. Yes. <laughs> and I would say we're using all of it, actually. It's horses for courses in different ways. And I've probably had conversations with around 80% now of our whole community because these are actually... For startup entrepreneurs, quite challenging times. Um, as yeah. you know, there was a campaign called Save Our Startups, um, yes. and the government has just released 1.25 billion to support innovative early stage companies. That's a challenge that's facing our members. So we're providing business support webinars online. We're providing lots of digital resources that we're adding to constantly. So, so actually being connected to our community, I would say this is provided an opportunity to talk even more together and really collaborate as a community together through the crisis. And I did a round table actually for about 30 members joined representing different companies, so about a third of our overall community. Um, and again, it was incredible being able to have a round table conversation about where people are actually at, what challenges they face, sharing mm -hmm. insight, understanding what support everyone can get, and actually just agreeing as a collective, we were going to collaborate our way through this together because our own business is impacted as much as our members. So yes. there's very much this, I would say, almost um, 
blitz spirit people really joining together and battling through this together yeah, that's, yeah exactly that's uh, one voice <laughs> absolutely i think that they're very uh, they're very lucky to have you on this hard time because you're you're very much you know associated with um uh, leading timing on entry onto the digital platform quite a few years ago. Um, I'm sort of driving you back, what, 10, 15 years ago or even more? Can 25. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, don't, don't. This is scary. scary. Yes, I'm scary, isn't it? Um, can you can you tell us a bit more about your experience um, at Time Inc. and, and uh, all the, the digital work you've done over there? So I started in the uh, very, very early days of there being no Google, no broadband. Um, really, it was myself, um, a programmer and what we used to call then a webmaster, three small children in a room who were given the task of launching NewScientist.com. And this for me was the most exciting virgin mm -hmm. territory. There were no rules. Um, we invented everything ourselves. Of course, we did research, but really there was no roadmap. And I think for me, that's what's been career defining for me as an individual, that I'm very excited by the new, the future, the thing that is not yet defined. And actually, mm -hmm. that sort of uncertainty um, provides great opportunity. And that's what I've personally massively enjoyed through my career. That, of course, as new platforms emerge, is uh, coupled with what is quite major disruption to yeah. to the old um, yeah. and to the analog, which we're all very familiar with. Yes. Um, and I would say that the skills that have taken me so far through, you know, certainly in the UK, what is now five weeks of, of this, six weeks of this quite acute mm. impact, yes. is all of the transformation skills that I also developed. So I, I used to wear two quite schizophrenic hats, if you like. There was one <laughs> which was, let's grow everything, let's grow this amazing new world. And, and during my time, we started on New Scientist with 40,000 users and then timing overall, when I left the company about three years ago, um, had a, around 35 million unique users. So mm -hmm. on the wow. one hand, I was part of this incredible growth story and diversification of digital business models from free-to-air advertising through to e-commerce and membership models. Yeah. Um, the other part of my world was re-engineering heritage business. So actually through COVID-19, for me, it was very much a dust off the toolbox box of transformation, which, you know, requires some pretty tough things to address mm -hmm. head on, which Definitely. our revenues in a certain area are declining. Yeah. Um, we won't be able to have as many people working on this project mm -hmm. because because actually that cost base can no longer be sustained. And actually, from a morale perspective, um, I have to take people through what is going on. And what I've learned straight, you know, straight away as you face this head on, you tell people what this really is. You don't gloss over it. You invite collaboration. You invite input. You go on the journey together. And mm -hmm. that, for me personally, is the only way that I've ever achieved change. I've ever navigated my way with a team through a difficult situation and come out the other side stronger, but with people that are a really united, tight unit. And it's really those old skills that, for me, have been dusted off during the pandemic. Um, yes. Lots of communication, honesty, facing the difficulties together, not glossing over anything and acting incredibly fast because it's all about speed. If you can act quickly and re-engineer quickly, you stand a chance of coming out of the other side. So um, 
that mm -hmm. said, we're still looking to the future. So this morning mm -hmm. with um, my team, we were talking about what happens the other side and we're exploring a new physical space and we're exploring new ideas. So whilst we're going through this very difficult, unpredictable journey that, you know, it's, it's hard to predict next week, um, yeah. you know, let alone next month. Um, we're focusing on what we control. We're acting quickly. We're constantly in communication, but we're still thinking of our dreams, the bigger yeah. picture and, and getting excited about planning for those and what those could be. And it might be that they're slightly later, yeah. but we, we haven't lost sight of them and they're still a live topic and we're still in dialogue with our partners. And, you know, I love what you're doing here about connectivity mm -hmm. and about your network, because it, it's at times like this that your network and supporting each other is vitally important. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I've seen that in action already across all sorts of different facets with members, with partners. And it's actually really humbling and amazing what humanity can achieve together. There are, there are all sorts of awful backdrops that we're seeing right now, but humanity actually can do incredible things as well. Uh, I, well I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page there completely. Um, but you know, Fiona, you, you've lived and we've discussed that in the past, you've lived already a, a recession. You know, we've had some hard time uh, quite a few years ago. How do you feel we're going to get out of this one? Is it, is it uh, do you foresee loads of changes for your business? You said you, got, you are adapting, you are trying to find new solutions. Are you a positive person? You're trying to think ahead with a positive head hat on? Absolutely. And I, I feel what's happened with the pandemic is it has accelerated some underlying trends anyway. So something that we have learned instantly is the power of our virtual community. Yeah. Um, we didn't expect that was the case. We had a vision that we wanted to build a remote Makerversity membership, a remote network of like-minded entrepreneurs who might not be physically in London, they might be in New York, they might be in Shenzhen, they might be in Shanghai, they, they might be in Palo Alto. The, our idea was there were, there were amazing innovative people everywhere that we would love to connect to our broader community because there's a wealth of exchange and dialogue that can happen. And we're all proving out through Zoom, Google Hangouts, WhatsApp, Slack, you know, many yeah, other yeah, channels. Yeah. We're all proving out that it's perfectly possible to keep progressing and to keep moving forward. This yeah. is not dependent on physicality. And I think, yeah, you know, there, this is a terrible moment for humanity and a very tragic moment. But at the same time, it's one of great invention and innovation. So I think for us, that has fast forwarded that idea in our heads. And in effect, we're prototyping it now with our member base through webinars, virtual breakfasts. You know, we're talking about a project that we're working on about fashion sustainability and how actually mm. we probably have to do a virtual hack. We were going to do a physical hack, but that virtual hack will throw up the potential to collaborate with people from many countries, not just those that are physically present in London or can get themselves to London. So I think for us, our virtual community vision is suddenly live here in centre and we're actively prototyping it now. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's that's one example of how our model may shift. Yeah. Um, there, there is a there is an idea of something called the low touch economy, which is very much looking at how you re-engage people back in physical spaces and, and what does that really mean? And it might mean as something as basic as, you know, masks in, in Western societies 
are actually quite taboo. It's taken the West a very, very long mm-hmm. time to start donning a, a face mask. Yes. You know, there may be some quite bizarre consequences, like face masks suddenly become a fashion item. Suddenly they become mm-hmm. incredibly cool. There's a piece of research being done um, into people's faces becoming more attractive if they're masked or veiled. And, you know, you take the idea of a Venetian yeah. mask ball and you pivot yeah. it to actually protect humanity. So I think things like that, people will be much more comfortable with wearing a mask. I think they may pivot pivot a mask into a fashion item. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think there'll be a big nervousness around how people re-engage in physical spaces. Yes. And I, I suspect what will happen is... Um, people will want more space around them. So I think how you, how you help people back into a space, what that looks like, how that space is structured um, will be quite interesting. And there'll be many other different business models and solutions for the low touch economy that are gonna start appearing. So, you know, e-commerce has been a huge um, beneficiary of COVID-19. Yes. What yeah. that has established in people's imagination is um, here to stay, actually. It's almost mm. fast forward to 2030 in terms of the e-commerce sector. Um, I mean, there are some wonderful stories like Spring Restaurant in Somerset House um, who have oh, this yes. incredible philosophy of sustainability, reusing food waste, not using plastic in the restaurant, reclaiming ocean plastic. Um, Sky Gungle, um, the head chef, is an amazing pioneer in this area. And, and we're very close um, with Spring at Makerversity. What Spring have done is they have turned their entire offering on its head, working with their biodynamic farm, Fern Barrow. They have started delivering food boxes, which are an absolute delight. You can order flowers, their incredible bread, all of their produce, suddenly is something I look forward to every Friday. So Amazing. You know, there, there are some really yeah. quite unpredictable wins, I think, coming out of this. So I think e-commerce has got to fast forward. Um, what's also, I think, happened as a result of the crisis is thinking about how, whilst we're saving lives, we need to protect the planet. Yes. And all of our PPE production efforts at Makerversity, we're, we're part of an umbrella organisation called Shield, where members have bound together and are producing um, face shields, visors. Mm-hmm. All of that's been prototyped with single-use recycled plastic. Um, the visors are made from recycled Caribbean ocean plastic. So I think what, what will need to happen is there will be need to be a great deal of innovation in sustainability and in healthcare garments, gowns, surgical apparatus. Um, I think there are huge questions around that. You know, we talk about it a lot in fashion, but we don't talk about it so much in industrial clothing. And and there seems to us to be a huge amount of work to be done. And actually, Clem, I could probably go on and on, and I haven't got a crystal ball. It's fascinating. I haven't got a crystal ball, but... (laughs) I love it. You know, it's it's uh, it's a breath of fresh air to be speaking with you because um, I like like yourself. I organize uh, hangouts, you know, team meetings, Zoom, and so on. We have huge amount of uh, live tastings for various wine clients from my PR agency, Clementine. Um, we try to be proactive as much as possible, um, but it's hard, as as you said. I don't have a vision ball, so to see what the future is like. But I do speak to a lots of business which have been deeply impacted, and they are struggling to 
React, struggling to organize their e-commerce, uh, struggling to get the grant from the government to be able to fund, um, you know, a new initiative. And they they are very, very pessimistic about the future. And it's a breath of fresh air to be speaking to to yourself. And you know how much I enjoy working with you. Um, this is this sort of mentality I want to, to feed through this podcast is that positivity and reactivity. And as you said, time is the essence at the moment. So if you have a good idea in mind, now we're all at home. There's no no excuse not to be launching this new project. Um, we Ooh. we do have time. Time is uh, is managed differently. There's no commute, which is, is how you realize you know uh, the commute is such an important part of your day to day life. I have to say I love going to my office every day, uh, but I love the fact that you know if I get up five minutes later, I can be at my desk and not not sort of sat on sitting on the traffic somewhere. Um, so we do realize things, but that makes that makes us even more productive. And and I and I value all of your advice and I'm sure a lot of people will do because it's very um, energizing you know it give, gives you a bit of boom <laughs> to keep going so thank you Fiona <laughs> but beside the COVID-19 which I know it's hard because it's our 100% that's it's our life at the moment um, you know this podcast is all about the power of networking and, and human mm. connection do you network that's a really great question. And if you ask me that directly, in my head, I start to think, oh, I hate networking. It's so terrible <laughs> and it's so cringeworthy. And why can't my dream, honestly, my dream is that somebody looks at the guest list in advance and thinks, who in this room should really talk to each other and, and puts a kind of really amazing curatorial mindset on when they think, let's join Strange Dots. So at Makerversity, we always talk about um, unexpected encounters, highly original outcomes. And I really wish somebody would take that curated approach to networking yeah. um, if, when we turn up in a room. And then I took that one step further. And I thought, well, if you're in China and the government can track your device and say, hey, avoid these COVID-19 hotspots or, <laughs> you know, you've been exposed to somebody with the virus, you know, um, you should get yourself checked out. I thought, why can't they do this for networking? Why can't somebody, when I'm in the yes. room, say, Fiona, based on your preferences, you really should chat to <laughs> these people. And it might not be the obvious people in the room. So I, good idea. I think if you were to ask me, do I like networking or do I do it? I'd kind of go, oh, I hate it. And I do it, but it feels very un unnatural. However, I'm such a hypocrite, Clem, because actually... <laughs> I think I do it when I don't realize I'm doing it. And yeah. I can yeah, yeah, honestly yeah. say the power of just talking to somebody. And I think back to when we first met, which was the Woman and Home Lunch, which you had very kindly mm. arranged a wine sponsor. And you and Indeed. I had never met before. We sat next to each no. other. We had a great conversation. I massively enjoyed it. And here we are many years later having this conversation. And, yeah. and actually... Our chats, the people that we've connected each other with, you know, the whole point is not what you get out of networking. The whole point is having an amazing encounter with somebody. Because mm -hmm. if you have a great connection, you're appreciating an individual. You're not there thinking, what can I get out of this? And I think people feel they have to make a connection and get something out of it, which is, you know, it's very forced. It's really lacking in authenticity. If you just have a chat with people, you never know where that goes. And I have been yes. incredibly humbled in my life and my career to look back and think these random chats that then connected me to that person, connected me to that person. And mindset is always, what can I put in 
not what can I get out. I think, and I actually learned that from my father. Incredibly important lesson. It's always about your contribution because, you know, with that mindset, it takes you to incredible places. So I, I think networking becomes exciting if you just think I'm just having a nice chat. I, I don't know where this is going to go. This is just an interesting person who I enjoy being with. And I guarantee you will travel to incredible places with that person over time. And they'll probably lead you to other incredible people. And it becomes this, you know, amazing halo effect. So I would just say, enjoy meeting people and go on a fascinating journey with no expectations, just you know, what's my input into this? It's a very, um, very good advice. What sort of networking do you do? You do? Because I know you do go out eventually. Uh, what sort of your typical networking event or, or those that you remember have worked for you and have delivered what you wanted? I, th I think for me, it's where I, I understand what I'm doing there probably, <laughs> which, which again doesn't mean that having a sort of proscribed agenda, more... Um, I tend to go to a lot of startup pitch events. Okay. So given my work, I, I'm also an angel investor. I, I go out and meet interesting companies and see interesting companies in action, see them present, talk afterwards. Um, and I, I'm kind of there with um, an investor, an investor hat on. I, I know that I'm going because I might be interested in investing or my angel syndicate might be interested or maybe they're great for makeaversity, um, or maybe I just learned something inspiring that I didn't expect to hear. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A, myri a myriad really of, of different um, reasons for being at a startup pitch event. Yeah. So I, th I think for me, it's where it's, where it's slightly focused. I think, I think it becomes much more difficult. Or, you know, the media industry, I will go to the Professional Publishers Association events because... I meet former colleagues. I now sit on the board of a software company that provides um, very pioneering approach to analytics for e-commerce for publishers. Yeah. And so I connect back into the industry on that topic as well. So I, I, th I think for me, where there's a like-minded community makes yes. it a lot easier. And I think probably my most awkward, quite a terrible story, actually, my most awkward networking moment has been when I was invited to um, a management fellows dinner and all the management fellows were engineers and, and it's an organization I'm, I'm not going to name because I don't think this network experience was their fault. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to okay. name the organization, but I'm not an engineer. I'm not, I wasn't a management fellow of that particular cohort. I found myself on a table um, now I'm an egalitarian not a feminist that's how I define myself I, okay. I believe in gender equality and co-creating society together yep but I found myself in, in a kind of fairly bizarre situation with with a recruiter who spent his entire evening um, politely put trying to hit on me because I wasn't wearing a wedding ring ah. even though I am indeed married I don't possess a wedding ring but he'd <laughs> made the assumption that I wasn't married therefore I was fair game and um and then being asked what I thought about um quotas for women on board by yeah. a group of men who assumed that I would be pro quotas it was it was kind of, so it was it was a bit um, misogynist in action, really. And I'd never quite experienced anything like it. And I thought, 
I've no idea what I'm doing here. I've no idea why I've been invited. Um, I definitely am not on the same page as the party. Yeah. Do, do, do you know, I think we all have very, one or two or more bad experience of, of networking and this sort of um, this sort of examples. I have a, I have a couple on my book as well. I'm hoping, you know, post COVID-19 things will change. And we've had a, a guest recently on the podcast. He was saying that for, for him to go to a networking event, um, he needs to have an experience. You know, everything is about learning mm. something new. There's events every day in London, in the world. You yourself as well travel a lot. I know I know you do through Asia, through the rest of the world. Um, mm. we, we do and we are invited to events all the time. So it's about being selective. Um, and you were saying, and if there's something else, perhaps unexpected or something like a speaker mm. suddenly uh, delivering a wonderful speech uh, on a topic that, it, that the guest didn't expect or were expecting. But um, it's that, it's that experiential that even people want that networking event now. So far away, the, the world in like 20 years ago, I remember perhaps my first event, you know, being French over here with the, with the I should not name anyone as well, but hey, her, the, the Chamber of Commerce where um, it was hundreds of people in the room and we're given a badge and you were let loose to meet everyone and whoever had the chat and had the balls to talk to someone else you know were <laughs> the one winning at the end but for all the others and definitely when you're quite young in your career it could be really daunting to be in a room full of people and you're not quite sure what you want to get out of people as well so um, it's uh, it, it, hopefully things will change and, and people will rethink networking and make it as a um, as an experience and as something that people want to take part for their own career, but also for their personal life. I think that's a really great point, the experiential point. And you've reminded me actually of an incredible event that I attended last year in Milan run by Fast Company. Uh-huh. And it was their inaugural innovation festival in Milan that they produced in association with the Gucci Hub. And Talking about that keynote speaker with the surprising insights, um, they invited Yuval Noah Harari um, onto the stage to talk about the future and particularly with reference to his book, um, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. And I think that was an incredible rallying cry. Um, But also Massimo Bottura, who was talking about his social um, kitchen community experiment around the earthquakes in Italy and then extending that philosophy to make um, a communal kitchen something that was part of a social impact project he was then working on and he did the catering for that event so and and those are just two examples of these really quite incredible memorable highlights that I'll remember for for the rest of my life and I think what they did was provided an incredible talking point an excuse for the people in in that event to chat to each other and really engage so I think this experiential point really resonates with me Mm. Um, that was quite an unforgettable experience and and I personally went there on my own not knowing anybody and uh, again, was able to connect um, with a couple of very interesting people. And, and I think that's the other thing. It's, it's about quality connections. It's not about, yes. I went to the Fast Company event, I met 50 people, isn't that great? I, d- I just don't think that's ever possible, actually. I mean, maybe some people can do it and they're superhuman and do that in an in a, in a authentic way, but I personally can't. You know, I think the other thing for me is if I make one or two um, great connections, have one or two great conversations that for me is 
going to endure that yes that's really valuable um yes. for me it's not a volume game yeah that's a, that's a really I could not agree more on that um and tell me obviously I'm conscious of your time because I know despite uh, despite this this virus <laughs> you are super super busy on your own phones all the time um one question which is also close to my heart at the moment it's very much how do people people keep Um, sane and and mental well-being in this day and age uh, we're all connecting through zoom we can't touch physically anyone um how do you keep saying what's the importance of mindfulness within your build your business um and a little bit by your yourself yeah how do you do you do that do you do are you sort of a yoga practitioner do you what do you do to keep completely sane in this day and age So for me personally, um, I, I am not really a fan of mindfulness or meditation. I okay. find for me that's not the answer. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think what's actually very stressful for people is to be forced into that solution and told that's the only solution. This is well-being. I, I think the presentation of well-being can be quite dogmatic. And mm -hmm. what, what I personally find is, is two things. Um, I think in a former life, I would have been a whirling dervish because I just love dancing. So, <laughs> so for me, there is nothing more refreshing than just dancing around my room to my favorite music. This I Fabulous. absolutely love doing. Yes. Um, the other thing is handstands. So I, I'm yeah. a bit of a circus um, fanatic as a hobby, not as a practitioner. <laughs> And perfecting my handstand um, in these times is, is another great challenge. Um, funnily enough, because I am on Zoom and Google Hangouts constantly, I, I wish I could do it more than I actually am doing it, but I am doing it. Okay. And then I think, to, you know, I'm very, very lucky that I have I live in a flat, but I have a, a two outdoor spaces. So I have a, a front roof, front terrace, and I have a, a back roof terrace overlooking this incredible communal garden. So I actually can walk outside, stand in fresh air in a private space away from people and just enjoy the wind, the leaves coming out of the trees, the blossom. You know, I think get outside and look at the sky, um, obviously, whilst being safe. But I think mm. those three things for me are the things that I personally um, go to. Mm. I know that for other people, they, li they like yoga, they like mindfulness. Um, my own team are very much into yoga. Oh, um, some, of, some of them, like me, are into circus. So, so they will go outside um, away from people and, and practice circus skills. Nice. Um, we, we have an amazing member company um, called Belium, and they've invented an app which is about expressing expressing emotions digitally, perhaps in a way that you, you don't find yourself personally capable of. Okay. So, so there are, within our um, Makerversity community, there are some really quite incredible companies that focus on that space, and, and that's one of them. So, so again, I think everyone's got to find their own path and it's yeah. a very personal thing I, I personally don't believe in a blanket solution that fits all I, th I think being in touch and listening to yourself and being kind to yourself is, is very important and finding your way not not a prescribed way I think yeah. is important no I, I sort of agree if I see one more video on a um, sports session on social media I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to lose the plot as well, but things will change quickly. Um, do you have any advice which you have not shared or something else that you'd like to mention about networking uh, before we close this session today? I really do think that it can work very well in a virtual world. And I think 
um, we're often told that digital platforms have pushed us apart socially. Um, I've, I've never felt that because I have a friendship group that live around the world. So I've always had to remotely keep in contact with, with my friends from other countries. And I think um, kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, I've really learned from um, being in touch with my team over Hangouts every day, being in touch with members over Zoom, just how powerful that connectivity can be on a digital platform. You know, and I think digital platforms have had a very bad name through the whole brand of me, influencer, um, selfie generation. And I do agree that can promote quite negative impacts on mental health. But yes. I think there are incredible um, positives um, remaining in touch through the pandemic whilst we have to be apart. Um, and I think they're working really well. And I think they're supporting actually people's mental health as well. So so I would say don't give up on networking just because you can't be in a physical space. I, th I think there are some amazing opportunities to network virtually. Thank you, Fiona. Thanks ever so much for taking part today. Wishing you and your husband all the best and I hope to see you again very soon. Thanks for having me, Clem. Thanks ever Take so much. Care. Bye.